I have not come to abolish the law, the Torah, or the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. He said, until heaven and earth passes away, not one, anglicized to jot or tittle, yud, the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet, and the smallest little flourish on any letter, any jot or tittle will pass away until all is accomplished. He then, he then continues and says that if anyone nullifies the least of the commandments, will be least in the kingdom of God, and teaches others to do so, will be least in the kingdom of God. And whoever keeps the least of the commandments and teaches others to do so will be great in the kingdom of God. The Lord Yeshua is good at turning least and great on its head. The world... Humanity, we have our ideas of least and great. He even spoke about what the greatest commandment is. Shema Yisrael. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. And he said the second command is just like the first. So number two, commandment number two, greatest. second greatest is really just like the greatest. The Yehafta Lureyacha Kamocha. And you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But here in this he says that there, is some, there must be a least of the commandments. Which is the least of the commandments? If the greatest commandment is the Shema, you shall love the Lord and love your neighbor, what's the least? I, I, I don't know what the least of the commandments is, but he says that if you, if you keep it and teaches, uh, teach others to do so, you'll be great in the kingdom of heaven. I have a, just a funny personal story on the least of the commandments. So folks here know that we have an orphanage in Haiti. And there was a time that Rabbi Peter and a team was down there. I was not with them at the time. And I believe the situation was they just got their property. Uh, the children in Haiti that we support, they have this beautiful land. We own the land, which is entirely unique when it comes to orphanages in Haiti. Normally, you have to pay rent, and then we're subject to um, whatever the landlord seeks to do. If they want to raise the rent, they can. And they certainly do that once they find out there are Americans supporting the orphanage. They'll just, okay, we'll just jack up the rent. But we own that property. And it was at the time, I believe, when we started to own that property. And there wasn't yet running water. There wasn't yet working plumbing. I believe that was the situation. Anyway, Rabbi Peter was down there. And the children started to poop and pee outside. Well, there's a commandment in the Torah in the book of Deuteronomy, that says, and it speaks about a war camp, like a battle camp, but it says, if you're going to defecate, come on, somebody say glory, hallelujah, don't leave me hanging on a sermon about pooping. It says, if you're going to go out and do that, make sure you bring a shovel with you, dig a hole, cover it when you're done, because the Lord walks among you, and there should be nothing indecent in your encampment. So Rabbi Peter brought all the kids together. Hey, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. He brought all the kids together, and he read the kids that 
commandment from Torah. If you're going to go, dig a little hole and make sure you bury it because the Lord walks among you. And when I heard, and then later I was told that Rabbi Peter noticed the kids were doing it. Every time they had to go, they would bring their little shovel with them. They would dig their little hole. They would do their little business and they would bury it. And when Rabbi Peter told me that, it really came to me, that verse. Because if there's any commandment that's the least of the commandments, it's probably that one. And that verse from what Yeshua said came to me, that he who teaches others to do the least of the commandments will be great in the kingdom of heaven. This is why to this day when people come to me and they say, Rabbi, I want to be more Torah observant. How can you help me? I say, Baruch Hashem, get a shovel. Go into your backyard, dig a hole. Come on, somebody. I need my Bible way with me today. Come on, somebody, somebody give me something. All right. The Lord turns least and greatest on its head. The definition of great in the world is police, is power, is money, is wealth, it's prestige, it's political position, owning companies, CEOs, these are what makes people great in the world and all of us can fall into the trap of defining greatness that way. But Yeshua flips it on its head and says the kingdom of God is not the kingdom of the world. What makes people great on earth is not what makes people great in heaven. The first shall be last. You know, the disciples, they asked in numerous places in all the gospels, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? And Yeshua said, the, the, the first shall be last. The last shall be first. Who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? He picks up a child. Maybe after he... That gives new meaning, like we need to become like a child. And Who's going to be the greatest, Yeshua? How, who's going to be great in the kingdom? He says that, you know, the, the, the rulers of this world, when they're at the table, they're the ones reclining, and then the servants are the ones serving. I came to serve, and so should you. Who's going to be great in the kingdom? It's the ones that serve. There's a story in the gospel, and I love it because it's so Jewish mother. When the sons of Zebedee approach Yeshua with their mommy. And mommy, like any Jewish mother who thinks their sons are, are the best, they're the wonderful, they're so wonderful. May he be a doctor, may he be a lawyer. My, so look at my, I want you to look at my son, look at my son. So the mother of the sons of Zebedee brings the son, look at Yeshua, Jesus, look at my children. And, and Yeshua goes, what, what can I do for you, you crazy lady? And she goes, 
I want my kids. And if you don't know Ashkenazi Jews, you don't know that that's actually how she sounded. I want my children to be at your right hand and your left hand. I want this one over here, and I want this one over here. May they be doctors, may they be lawyers. My children, they, 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 this is how the Jewish mothers are. My, it was so funny. I'm gonna take, I'm gonna, this is going to be a sermon of anecdotes. When I went to Haiti, I was there one time. My mother was begging me not to go. Don't go. Don't go. They, they all have AIDS. They all have cholera. You're going to get sick. They're going to do the voodoo. They're going to stick pins and dolls that look like you. You're going you're gonna to come back with two heads and three arms. Don't go. Any, nobody wants to go. I've spoken to all my Yenta friends, and none of them think that you should go. It's a terrible idea. You're going to get sick. It's a, who wants to go to Haiti? It's a decrepit land. Nobody wants to. Please, I beg you. I beg you. My son, my son who I love, I beg you. Don't go to Haiti. Whatever you do don't go to Haiti make your mother proud make your mother proud don't go to Haiti don't go to Haiti so I go to Haiti I, I, we had this amazing time I come back I tell her the amazing time I had now she changes it too she's going to her yet the friends my son went to Haiti what a boy that can look at my son he went to Haiti he was helping all these children and what a wonderful thing that he did true story anyway so here comes the mother of the sons of Zebedee going to Yeshua. I want my children to be at your right hand and your left. And Yeshua goes, do you, are they willing? You don't know what you ask. You don't know what you ask. You don't know what you ask. Are they able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And then the sons of Zebedee and all their brav bravado that they could muster we can drink that cup. You know, later in the narrative of Yeshua's crucifixion, when he's on the cross and he's dead on the cross, it says that there are women at a distance that were watching the whole thing, and it says of the women that were there was the mother of the sons of Zebedee. I think she learned a tough lesson at that moment, what it means to merit being at his right and his left. And we see even in society, we see it in Christianity about everybody saying, we're going to rule with Christ. We're going to rule with Christ. Is it, is it, could that possibly be the same attitude about wanting to be the greatest? We're going to rule. You know what? We can talk theology and sit and open the Bible if you want, but you know what? The way I see it, it's not every believer that's in that position. You know, when I look at Revelation, it's, you know, there's a, a subset of people that are in this first resurrection, it says, and they rule with the Messiah. And it says that they were beheaded. They didn't take the mark of the beast and they were beheaded. They were beheaded. So I don't think it's everybody. I think it's a, a certain group of people. This is how I see it. There's a certain group of believers who rule and reign with him. And it's not everyone. Because in order to reign, in order to be a leader with, with Yeshua, you have to be a servant. And I got to tell you that the World Economic Forum may think that lead, they may think they're leaders. And they may want to foist upon us, you know, whatever they want to foist upon us. I don't know. You all watch that stuff much more than I do. Take all our property and eat bugs for protein, whatever. But I tell you, in the kingdom... The ones that are leading with Yeshua, they're
all going to be servants. They're all going to be people, I believe, who don't even want the job. Another funny story. When I first became a rabbi, most people know that I did not want the job. It was foisted upon me. Rabbi Peter said, I'm going to Haiti. See ya. And Rabbi and Brian and Sue were going to run the congregation. And we didn't want the job. And then there was one time a few months later that we were down at a rabbi's conference in Florida. And I was applying to be ordained because I figured if I'm going to do it, I might as well do it right. And I'm going to be ordained by the messianic group organization that we're involved in. So now I'm being interviewed by these rabbis. And my objective in this interview was to prove to them that me being a rabbi was a terrible idea. <laughs> so they would ask me a question. And I, this is factual. They sat me down. They said, so why do you want to be a rabbi? And I said, I don't. And I thought that would do it. But they went, good answer. I, I couldn't get around it. But I think those that seek to be great, you know, it says that every mountain will be made low in every valley. Raised up. No mountain be made low. No valley be raised up. This is the economy of the kingdom. You know how much I love Elevation Church. This is the economy of the kingdom. Those who seek to be great must humble themselves, must be a servant to all, must consider themselves last and everybody else above them. That's kingdom qualification for leadership. You know, I think about Elevation Church, let's say. Now, Elevation Church is a megachurch. Now, I clearly have that in common with Pastor Stephen Furtick. I, too, am a pastor of a megachurch, <laughs> as you can see. You know, but Pastor Stephen and, and Elevation Church, you know, they got, they got a good thing going. I, he's got great messages, knows how to talk like this a lot. Their music is good. I love the music. And they have this weird way of being a megachurch but keeping people connected. They have this uh, e-group thing going on where like, people all around the world like, have midweek studies studying the same thing, and they all kind of connect with each other. Like, it's, they did this amazing thing. And you know what? Sometimes they think about like, the little Baptist church, like two houses down from the Elevation Church. And what their experience would be in the shadow of this enormous megachurch. You know, I kind of see them, you know, going into the church, you know, and picking up their little hymnals. <laughs> and then singing their songs, you know. There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. And in the meantime, you know, like they feel and hear the pulsating, you know, from... You ever like driving in your car and the guy next to you is like got the bass cranked up? You know, you kind of feel it in your own car. You know, and like all the people in that church are like, you know, there's a, there's a part of them like, gee, I wonder. Like, I 
wonder what it's like over there. You know, they got a church, you know, and everybody's in the power in the blood. And, then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they hear, this is the sound of a dry bones. You know, and I just wonder what their experience is. And I wonder if they, like, they feel pulled to that. And I wonder if the pastor feels at all threatened by it. Because there's a human way of looking at greatness. Like, well, Pastor Stephen in Revelation, that's a great church. And we're not. But that's not the way of looking at it in the kingdom. You know what the way of looking at greatness is in the kingdom? In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul talks about one body and many parts. One body, many parts. One body, many parts. And he deals with this issue of comparison, of thinking that I'm not great because I'm not that. He deals with that explicitly. He says that the hand should never look at the foot and say, like, I wish I was that, or I have no need for you, and nor should the foot look at the hand and say, I have no need for you. Every part of the body is needed and equal in the eyes of God. Every part has its place. Every part. It says if the body was just an ear, like, and it was just hearing, like, who would be doing the seeing if there was no eyes? And if it was just eyes, like, how can the body do the hearing? This is so important for us to know. This is so important for us to know in our lives because I speak today against a spirit of jealousy in the name of Yeshua. I speak against an, the spirit of jealousy in the name of Yeshua. And maybe there's somebody here who just needs to know that God sees you. Because the, the bar of greatness has been raised to a point that we can't achieve in the world. But not in the kingdom. But not in the kingdom. And maybe somebody here needs to know that God sees how you're raising your children and is saying, well done. Maybe, maybe somebody here needs to know God sees when you keep the door held open for somebody who's not physically strong and walks slowly. God sees you when you're at the cashier and the cashier gives you too much change and you give it right back. God sees you. Maybe there's some here that need to know that God sees you. When you go back to your car and you look in the bag after going to stop and shop and you realize you got something there that you didn't pay for and you go back and you pay for it. Maybe people need to know that God sees you and what you see is small God sees as a part of his body, that you are a part of his body. And the comparison, I speak against comparison. Let Pastor Stephen Furtick do whatever he does, Baruch Hashem. And let Pastor Stephen shout Baruch Hashem for the small Baptist church that's singing the hymns. Because they each got their part. And whatever your part is, just own it. Own it. Whatever part it is. And don't be jealous of the other parts. If you're the shoulder, don't be jealous of the elbow. If you're the elbow, don't be jealous of the fingernail. If you're the fingernail, don't be jealous of the belly button. If you're the belly button, don't be jealous of the hair. Well, I'm a little jealous of the hair. <laughs> just putting that out there. 
whatever part of the body you're out, you are, just own it. Just own it because it's from God. And God's saying, well done, if you own it. And stop looking at other parts and saying, I wish I was more like that. If I was, if I am, the, what is a part of the body that's smallest? Pinky toe. On the left. We have a friend named Kina who used to come here. She calls herself the last pink, the pinky toe on the left. Well, let me tell you something. If I'm the, in the body of Messiah, and I want everybody to hear this, and I want everybody to own this. If I'm the left pinky toe on Messiah's body, then son of a gun, I'm going to be the best left pinky toe that I can be. I want to be a left pinky toe that makes Yeshua proud. I want to be a left pinky toe that makes him go in front of a myriad of angels and go, take a look at my left pinky toe. Have you seen my left pinky toe these days? And the angels are going, glory, glory. That's good stuff. And don't think that doesn't happen, right? That's what happened to Job. Take a look at my servant Job. Take a look at my servant Job. So you've got to realize when God does that, you know, Satan is listening also. So if we have some sort of jealousy within us where we're looking at other parts of the body, you're like, oh, I wish I was more like that. Oh, why aren't I successful because this person's successful? Satan will have an inroad to mess with you with that. Until you get to the place where you're like, I'm a left pinky toe. And I'm going to own that. And I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to rejoice with my pinky toe. And let the person who's the, the hand or the elbow or the belly button or the, or, the, or, the, or the shoulder blade, let them do their thing and let them just be, let them do what God has them do. I'm going to own left pinky toe. If that's what he called me to be, then by golly, I'm going to be the best I can. Amen. Come on, somebody. And we all need that attitude. We all need that attitude. We all need that attitude. We all need that attitude so we're not being jealous of others. Thank you, Father. 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 Father, I just speak against jealous, comparative spirits, Lord God. That is not how you called your body to be. You, you called your body to lift each other up. I speak against the spirit that entered into King Saul. You know, we all have a little son of David within us. We all have a lot of the son of David within us. That's Yeshua. We all got a little son of King Saul within us as well. You know, do you know the story of King Saul, right? Like King Saul was a powerful king until David came along. Right? And now all the people are singing David's praises in comparison to Saul. Do we know that story? Has, Saul killed his thousands, David killed his ten thousands. I'm sure the melody was a lot more was a lot more better and a lot more Middle Eastern than that. 
But that's what's going on. Like the whole, the whole place, like Saul is king and everybody's, everybody's singing. Saul has killed his thousands. David is ten thousands. Saul has killed his thousands. David is ten thousands, right? And if Saul had the eyes of God and not the demonic eyes of jealousy, Saul would have been in that line. Saul has killed his thousands. David is ten thousands. How many of us rejoice when God lifts up somebody else? even if it means less responsibility for you. In the kingdom of God, we raise each other up. We lift each other up. We rejoice when somebody has a calling because that's their thing in the body. And if it ain't your thing, Baruch Hashem, God's got a thing for you. We learn in 1 Corinthians 12 that your part of the body is absolutely critical, is necessary. How can the body have sight without eyes? How can it have ears? Who's going to do the hearing if there's no ears? Who's going to go to the market? <laughs> it's true. It's true. What's that? You might fall over. Yeah. Great in the kingdom and least in the kingdom. Father, I speak kingdom greatness. Those who wish to be great should serve, should view themselves as last not view themselves any higher than, than they are, but view others greater than yourself. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Baruch Hashem. Is that all? I think that might be it. Baruch Hashem. Hey, I'm waiting for somebody that, that, that comes in and starts preaching, and, and you guys start marching around this place, whatever his name is going to be, Ralph. How about Ralph preaching? And I'll be joining that chorus, too. <laughs> Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. So, Father, today I speak against any spirit of comparison, Lord God, that is not of the kingdom Comparison is not of the kingdom. In Yeshua's name. You know how to be great in the kingdom? Be teachable. You know how to be great in the kingdom? Be teachable. All of you Book of Revelation junkies, you know what my favorite part of the Book of Revelation is? The first couple of chapters when the Spirit is talking to the churches. And you know why I like it? Because it says, of the church of Ephesus, I see that your good works. I see what you're doing good. But here's what I got against you. Another church, I see what you're doing good. And, and here's what I have against you. I want that. Do you want that from the Lord? Do you want him to say, like, this is good, but here's where you need to grow. The problem is that here's where you need to grow part normally comes from people. It's so awesome when it comes just in our quiet time. 
but very often it comes from people. And it's a problem with this day and age when we don't, need, we don't want to hear that from anyone. Because if we get it just from the Lord, we feel convicted. If we get it from some of the other people, we feel that we're being judged. And we need to get back as a body to recognize. It doesn't mean you got to take junk. You know, if they're giving you that kind of junk, now you know the scripture you tell them to go keep. Just give them a shovel, tell them to go to the backyard, and deposit it there. But, within the body of Messiah, when it's done with love, we need to hear it. We need to hear it. That's how to be great. Receive the correction with humility. All right, now I'm done.